Um, uh, David is an awful Star Wars fan. Oh no! Please, please continue. <laughs> no, I'm a standard Star Wars fan. I'm I'm about <laughs> to set myself up for some pure unadulterated hatred in this upcoming episode. I'm I'm prepared for it because Ooh. I I am used to hearing it. Uh, I have so many questions now. I like had to come to terms with the fact that like this is what I was going to be bringing to the table for this episode upon my revelations, and so uh, I'm ready. I'm ready for battle. All right. <laughs> well, um, since this is going to be full of hatred and God knows what else, while I, I eat cho- uh, cold Chinese food, um, let's dive into our very classy podcast. Again. No, it's a uh, Ritz and cold uh, Chinese food because that's my life now. Anyways, uh, welcome to the Nerd Trick Podcast, everybody. Um, thank you for joining us. Hi um, I I have a feeling we're in for a ride with this one. I I I don't know. I don't know where this is going. I'm I'm kind of excited. I frightened you all. There we go. That was step number one. If I frighten you all, then I can hopefully get a little bit of headway. <laughs> hey, you're you're super pumped for this episode, so I'm I down with that. That's okay. She has notes and everything. It's exciting. Um, so welcome to the podcast. I'm Jeff. I'm here with Phil. Hey, everybody. And David. Hey, guys. And again, just to, to uh, reiterate this, um, I had to explain well, a Star Wars garbage. thing to David, uh, and he's the <laughs> Star Wars fan, so I'm just going to own that a little bit. Um, our guest is back with us, Melinda. Hi. Howdy, howdy. Lovely to be back. Thank you. Uh, no, th- I have please. to clarify. He had to explain something two seconds <laughs> after I finished watching it, because I had not looked up the actor that was in it. You should just fucking know. I don't care. You should just don't know. Don't get my nerd card for that. I'm sorry. Nope. Nah, I don't care. <laughs> sorry. I don't know. I'm I'm going to own that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we are doing Data Lore, uh, Season 1, Episode 12, original air date, January 16th, 1988. Um, so, you know, I didn't realize, I mean, obviously I know uh, TNG pretty well, but I think what I didn't realize, especially like with the the big goodbye and then this one is like, you know, because this lore comes back and, and, and these stories tie into the films and even into uh, uh, up a card. And you're like, they've been telling these stories for like 20 years. This is like the longest arc. Lore is, mm-hmm. hey, people look at Q and they say like, oh, that's like the con of the TNG universe. No, that's mm, no it's, lore is. It's lore. And, and this is his introduction, which is wild. Yeah. Mm. So what I like about this one, too, is that it, there is one plot. There is not like there's just a character driven plot. There's kind of some side elements that come in, but, David, but they you, tie into uh, to the Jeff, main you plot. really hate the A and B plot thing, don't Fucking you? Fucking hate it. Yeah, it. <laughs> it's not my favorite, but if they do it well, I don't mind it. But <laughs> it can work, but I don't like it. I like just having one plot. Like I like like just yeah. tell us this one story. And be good at it, please. I don't like it when they try to tell two full stories. When one is just like a ticking clock and it's very minor, I'm like, okay, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, I guess it depends what it is. Well, I mean, TNG, I mean, and all the other ones do it too, but it's just, I I like that they committed to telling a 42-minute story. And that makes me happy. Yeah. yeah. So this uh, data lore, we discover... um, which and I have questions about this too. So we this is a, a deep dive into uh, Data's past. We learn where he came from, um, what other androids were were built, who built him. Uh, it's kind of you know it's the first this is backstory. a backstory. It's a backstory builder. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And which then has ramifications through you know seven seasons, seven and seasons, films, and three movies, <laughs> and then yeah, and then another series with uh, uh, 
um, the upper card. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. this sets up a lot of stuff. <laughs> so I'm excited for this one. Um, ah, where to start? Yeah, basically, they're going to head to the planet where Data was found. Um, and this is where we discover he's got a brother, basically. Um, a little bit of a trope, I guess we kind of learn it's, it's, you know, the evil twin tropes. Let's, let's start with what was a shocker for me. He was found. I thought okay. it was built by Starfleet and put on the ship. Oh, like, actually, so, so, so Surprise. David, let's talk about this. Cause this is your first time kind of knowing some of his backstory, seeing this one. I'm, yeah. I'm curious about this now. Well, yeah, when we did Picard, you guys made very careful not to tell me too much about Lore and Data's background. So I didn't realize who Lore was. I still thought Data was an android built by Starfleet and put on the ship because they were building AI and putting them on the ship. I didn't realize he was found and went through all of the training that all the officers go through. <laughs> I thought it was like an honorary title they yeah. gave him because uh-uh. they had Neo downloaded him with like <laughs> all the information <laughs> yeah. that he yeah, needed. Starfleet, Starfleet built him. We spared no yeah. expense. I know Kung Fu. <laughs> like I know Star. I know how to Kirk double hit or what is it? The double fist punch. Uh-huh. But, <laughs> but well, yeah, there's I, that I, line I, in Farpoint where even Riker says, Oh, you have an honorary rank of Lieutenant commander. And he goes, no, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm the class I'm of 78. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just didn't know how that tied in. I, th- I assumed it was still honorary, but they had made him like go through some base classes or something. Or no, when and- they downloaded it, they had downloaded everything glasses and that was a strange well, it is such a throwaway line but again it, it is like the start of kind of what they i mean the, again like i know you say that there's no b plot but i would argue that the b plot is just really seamlessly folded in with this one as well which is that um okay. this is not only a, a, an artificial intelligence story moral story um for lack of a better way of putting it um but it's also a wesley story which i Shut know up, wesley I know. Okay. Okay. Sorry. That's Go ahead. That's in this episode because when you rewatch this episode and you realize the context for that, you're like, "Oh, you'd all be dead if he hadn't been running his mouth on the goddamn bridge." Oh, like, he's absolutely right. Yeah. But it yeah. still is a great line. Well, and they play that up throughout this episode. Uh, it's funny that that's the line that you brought up from uh, Encounter at Farpoint, which is like, this notion of like, "No, I I went to school. I did all of the same things that you did." For the record. Um, cause Wesley, they have that moment between data and lore where he's like, you shouldn't treat that kid. Like he's a kid. He's on the bridge for a reason. He's not an intern. He's a genius. Like you should be treating him with more respect. And in that moment, you get to see this beautiful notion between data who is also out of place on the bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and he has latched onto that in this kid, not because he is a kid, but because of the literal package that he is in no one takes him seriously well and two i think they even mentioned i mean they found him it was what like like 15 16 years ago so in some ways he's a 16 year old kid like emotionally and dealing with all that i mean like knowledge wise he knows everything but he's only like 16 years old but he's from south america from from south america (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) yeah i mean he's the the class of 78 with with honors and probability mechanics next to biology he didn't he knows his shit yeah well, and it's very reminiscent of what we get to see later with, you know, for better or worse, the more in the films that we begin to dive into Spock's backstory when it comes time for him in school. Because, um, you know, the Kelvinverse deals with that, um, Disco deals with that a little bit. But this notion of you have no idea what these emotionalist things to you, you know, because, again, like we do bring up the notion of is data a thing uh, yeah. in this episode. But 
you know, yeah, at first he's a piece of equipment and then he's like a fun friend. He's like a fun, socially awkward friend. On yeah. The yeah. And like, that's something that they, that is the, the tight rope that they're walking throughout this episode. And they handle so well with the writing, which is that like every time Picard is put in a situation where everyone is uncomfortable, he really unpacks very, very nicely. Um, you know, like in one of like their first big bridge meetings when they're like, after they brought all of the pieces of lore up from this planet and they're beginning to like reassemble him and they're like, Oh, mm-hmm. we don't know how this is going to turn <laughs> out. Um, yeah. And like, you've got Jordy and um, Riker like sitting there and questioning data. And like, you can see it in, in I mean, and this is the beauty of Brent Spiner as an actor, um, you know, but you can see it in his eyes. He doesn't see any offense in these questions, but they're so uncomfortable to ask. And so like Picard right. literally like, we we are in an environment where because we have come to you know care about data we don't see him in this way and to have to be constantly reminded of that by this situation is really jarring for everyone and it's uncomfortable yeah. but we need to remember that you know again we're we're all different types of machines and this would be no different if we had come across something kind of humanoid and like what a yeah. great, concise little way of just being like and moving on let's move on with the episode wait, wait, without having to do even, even when Sancha asks him on the bridge in front of everybody, like, how much do you still trust Data? He makes the point to be like, and that was a necessary and valid question. Yeah. Like, yeah. nobody should get mad at her for asking that because it is something they need to. And then, yeah, when he asks Data, too, he's like, hey, I don't know how to ask this. And he's just like, my loyalty is to Starfleet. Like, I yeah. understand that you need to ask. It makes sense. But yeah. that's where we are. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. And yeah, this they, is the. That great. Yeah. And this is the, the, the Jean-Luc that I like. Like he's he's coming into his own and finding that personality. He's not like you know the angry old man. Well, here's the thing that I kind of like. I like angry old man, which is something I think that you and I are going to disagree on because I like. I don't like the idea that Picard's the same guy throughout the entirety of TNG. I I need to see that growth. And no, I think he changes, but I just don't like that very stubborn like the first couple episodes where he's just like. Meh. I I enjoy it. I I think that it shows that despite his hair. He's a younger man than we give him credit for. It's kind of like when you look yeah. at Steve Martin and you always assume he's fifty, even when he's thirty. Like, yeah. yeah. And so, like, uh-huh. you know, yeah, he's been the same age for forty years. Yeah, he he is yeah. a little bit more. I mean, the literally when Gene cast him in the role, he handed him a stack of Horatio Hornblower. Like that is who he is playing. That was who he was told by Gene fucking Roddenberry to play in this season. And. I don't know. I I miss seeing more of those flaws in Picard as we go along, and I think that that's why I like that you see a lot of them kind of coming back in his old age uh, mm. with the new Picard. So well, that's what I like about uh, First Contact because yeah. by that time we get you know the Borg have just torn him down. Yeah. And I mean, and that's why I think uh, Family is one of my favorite episodes. Uh, after Best episode. of Both Worlds, because it's yeah. just it's so emotional. Like there's no sci-fi in that episode. It's just all character, and and I love it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So they discovered lore. Uh, he was, and I didn't realize either. Is that in uh, so correct me if I'm wrong. Is it in this episode that Data realizes who the name of his creator? I thought he knew it all along. No, this is the but, one where. Mm-hmm. He, he literally says when they land on that planet, he goes, I remember waking up and Tasha Yar. She has more than six lines in this episode and she's <laughs> off the bridge. I'm always very excited when that happens. Um, yeah. But she she has that moment of like, oh, so this is your birthplace. 
Like, this is where you personally were born. This is what you remember. This is the first thing that you remember. And so Mm -hmm. um, I always got that impression where it's just like, yeah, no, he he woke up and here he is. That's it. But then, yeah, so then once they go in through to, like, they find this, like, secret lab, and it goes, oh, a memory's coming back. It's Dr. Soong. Bring to the most dramatic Frankenstein music to a lab (laughs) next to Frankenstein. (laughs) <laughs> right. And then, and that's, that's the thing too. I think I'm discovering this as, you know, of course I've, I've seen all these, so I, I know all the characters, especially tied into, uh, um, um, fuck. I hate when my stutter acts up, uh, going into Picard, um, cause Dr. Soon comes back in a big way. Um, but I didn't realize like this is, they actually like data's discovering his father's name for the first time and kind of who lore is. And this character is like, Oh, and then, and they were like, Oh, well, Dr. Sung was this great doctor. He just kind of disappeared. And we're like, they're just figuring it out. Like I, I didn't even realize that. Make pan data, a big cake that just says congrats on being God's mistake. It's just, it's, he learns all of these wonderful, beautiful, you know, things. And he, he thinks he's getting closer Oh gosh, what was the line? He had this really, really beautiful line. Um, hold on, I think I wrote it down. Uh, See, our guests take notes and like actually research. We don't do yes. that. That's that's why we have guests on. We're just like this was neat. That was neat. We like this part. Transport. <laughs> no, our our okay. guests make oh. us more classy. Let's that's just be okay. I, I suppose it would be classier if I was like actually fine. Oh yeah, here it is. Uh, he has the line: "A link with a form like my own," and mm. I love mm. that. And that actually, you know, like, it's this idea of, like, you know, again, like, if you've got something as innocent as data when we're dealing with uh, AI, it's very, like, Haley Joel Osmond in that kind of way of, like, I, I have this link with something, and I don't know what this, this means, but it's a link with a form like my own. It's not, you know, because he doesn't use the word brother first or anything like that. Or the other comparison that I made with this, can I go on a rant? Do you guys mind? Go. Sure. Rant away. All right, so... Is, is this what's going to make you angry or, or make us angry? Make y'all angry. Uh, okay, go for it. We'll, we'll hit us. So Start I, your I mentioned on the last episode that I was on that I'm a, I, I love films about robots and I love films about AI. Um, I specifically should have quantified that with I love films about robots that want us dead, um, specifically, <laughs> which is why I was very excited to do Data Lore. <laughs> um, because you, you, one of my favorite... You did request this one. ...about robots that want us to be dead, and I will fight everyone in this room and beyond about this. Um, but one of my favorite films is Prometheus, um, which mm. gets a lot of controversy. However, much like every Ridley Scott film ever made when it came out, a lot of people didn't like it. And like 10 years later, people were like, oh, I think it's pretty good. It was a pretty good movie. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. They did it with Blade Runner and you know they do it with everything. Nobody likes Ridley Scott films at first. Um, but Prometheus and the character of David Eight. Um, as an android that has been given all of these human-like qualities and tendencies to a point where he believes that he is someone's son and yet is constantly treated the way that he is in the film. Also, uh, they use poisoning and champagne with a robot in that film as well. Um, <laughs> like Going back and watching this episode, I couldn't help but see all of the beautiful things that were done with lore that are all of the beautiful things that are done in this Ridley Scott film as well, all the way down to the characterization with Covenant of uh, Data kind of taking on the character of Walter. Uh, And again, like, what is this connection that I have with this thing 
that is more advanced than me and I have to look at me. It's the other way around where it's like he has to look him in the eye and be like, people were scared of you because you were uh, human and yeah, we needed yeah. to shut you down. Uh, like that is so you, you were you made people so uncomfortable um, to a point where you wanted to feed them to, you know, replace a crystalline entity with the army of face hugging monster genetic creatures, you know, like true. Um, I didn't get as much hate for my Prometheus rant as I thought I was going no. to. No. It's, it's a very short rant. Which yeah. one is Prometheus again? I haven't I, watched it yet. With a couple of those, <laughs> I forget which title it is. Prometheus is the second one, that one that was... No, it was kind of like his reboot prequels. Um, is that the one with like the, the, the weird white, like the really yeah. pale white aliens? That's uh, okay. no, that, that was Prometheus. It's technically both, yeah. Um, which one was the first one? Prometheus. Prometheus. And then Covenant was the second one where we finally like see the the xenomorphs. Yeah, yeah. I, it, you need to okay. Like you're, it's it's yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, Covenant was was weird. Prometheus, I I yeah. It, it's it. it yeah, well, like I can it, get it. It's got some really solid work with AI, and I thought that because these things are so similar, I do think that it's interesting that this episode came first with this notion that we love, which is mm-hmm. looking a lesser model in the eye. And dealing with that and kind of what that looks like. Because, you know, the character of Lore still at the end of the day becomes so human, he commits himself to another worldly god. Like, mm-hmm. just well, like, that's, I mean, yeah. well, so that's okay. So part of the, I guess, this like subplot is that um, all the colonists are gone, like this whole world is dead. And a, due to some sort of crystalline ent- entity thing that like Lore lured there to kill them all. Um, what do you think he was using it as a god, or he was using I mean, he it about it like we're gonna travel the universe together and it's got so much power, and I'm just gonna sacrifice all these people to it? Like, that sounds like a cult to yeah, me. Yeah, it was very, well, who's, very good. Who's using who? I, what? yeah, I, I mean, that's not a human question. <laughs> I feel like Lore was kind of using it to like, like, it's basically like a, like a hungry lion. He's like, oh, come here, I have some food for you, you can kill all my enemies, and then I'll just drag you along somewhere taught me anything crystal if it wants to can talk to me and so like you know like it, <laughs> i'm not gonna guess I, I i personally am not gonna guess the crystalline entities uh crystal crystal entity crystalline entity is something else entity. um but the crystal, crystal entity is i've never seen dark crystal um what Ooh. all right well that's that's another episode okay <laughs> <laughs> but uh um yeah, you know, like it's again, it's a very human question. Like what he becomes by the end of this episode is almost like a Trelane style villain. He's so mm-hmm. weird. He's so, you know, again, like you don't really know the motivations of it. You know, like you look at someone like Data who like what he latched onto was Starfleet. And yeah. you look at something like Lore, which is what he, you know, tapped into was a voice in his head in space. Who was like, "Hey, gonna be in your neck of the woods here soon? Hungry? Like it's, you no, know, no. It, it's interesting in in that capacity. Uh, um, and again, it's it's such a it's a robot that we literally had to revisit while at the same time still being so unique and so um, colorful and in depth at the same time. Um, for again, a season one TNG episode. Well, yeah." It's interesting too. It's, um, I mean, so like, um, uh, for David, 
<clears throat> since this is your, you know, getting this whole backstory about a data introduction mm-hmm. to, to lore. Um, I mean, does this like make more sense setting up from, you know, watching later stuff? Yeah, having seen Picard, it answers a lot of that. Because I remember in Picard when they opened the drawer and there's the pieces of data, you guys were like, it could be lore. And I'm like, who the, fu- who the fuck is lore? Yeah. Like, yeah. like data you know, was the only one I knew. Lore, because they didn't have the butt mold. They should have <laughs> mold at least three times in this episode. They were there's very- a lot of yellow butt. Yeah, and so that's how I knew it wasn't lore. Because I was just like, oh, there's no butt mold. Mm. <laughs> oh, it was um, a before, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it was before. But yeah, again, yeah, it was before. yeah, sorry. Yeah, more, more. They really like, wow. They really wanted to show off that butt mold. It's like, hey, we got it sitting <laughs> around. Mold. I know they should just like dust, dusted it off and be like, well, we still have the butt mold. Now, the yeah. real question is that: it's, is it a mold of Brent Spiner's actual butt, or just uh, like a mannequin? I think it was a mannequin. That, um, so this yeah. does kind of beg a question: like in Picard, we find out that the Doctor looks like Data, right? He molded him after himself. Because mm-hmm. Brent Spiner plays Dr. Sung Su or whatever his yeah. name was. Um, and so did nobody recognize that Data looked like him? In, when he, in I, TNG, he went through the Academy and everything, and this guy was famous, and the head in robotics, nobody noticed that he looked like... That's a doctor. fair question. Cause, <laughs> so we, we do meet Dr. Sung later on, and obviously he's the older version, and, and it is played by Brent Spiner. Yeah. But yeah, I would think if you knew... You'd be like, hey, this looks kind of like th- th- this robot looks like a, a famous scientist. Maybe there's a connection. Yeah, maybe he made him. Which That's would a be fair the point. Most likely connection. Like, hmm. I don't know. Something else. Yeah, it's. I'm here to ask the big questions. That's I think the big answer was they wrote the card in the future and they just didn't. Yeah, I know. That's all interesting. <laughs> yeah, they didn't I do it yet. They wanted to cool and they wanted Brent Spiner back, not as just data. Yeah. And it was an awesome. No, thing. bless for making that. It was an awesome point, show. Bless for making that point because it's an important one. But yes, <laughs> it is. I think about it just now, but yeah, it has the, so a lot of that backstory that they go through in Data and then what's their name being his daughter and spoilers, everyone, if you haven't watched the card. Um, oh, but, yeah. hard. Uh, <laughs> definitely, I was going through and I was like, oh, cool, I get to like all of this, and then of course the famous shut up Wesley thing. I've seen that a million times because of this podcast. I'm on some groups and stuff, and you guys said the thing. The moment that happened, I was like, oh! and then yeah, I didn't realize that his mom was thing. it too. Like, oh yeah, he gets shot down. He's right, but he's right and he's wrong because he's right about data being lower, but he's wrong in the way that he's trying to go about telling everybody and presenting it. And he is supposed to be an act against it and listen to the captain. I think that if Worf stormed onto the bridge and was like, that man's an imposter, or like, oh no, like I don't trust this guy for shit, like waiting for him to get out of the room. Because, like, that was the way I kind of interpreted it, which is that, like, I'm waiting for you to get out of the room. It looks like I can't use this tactic anymore. I'm just going to start to accuse you. But by then, the adults are so frustrated with him. Um, I don't know. I felt like a very cute moment in that. And I, I felt like all the times that they had questioned Data's loyalty and then made sure not to was the setup for that. Like, if anybody had questioned him, they would have been like, no. But the adults would have waited and then talked to the captain later. And he instead is like, I'm going to... I know this is going to end me, but I'm right, so meh. So it's the right thing in the that right way. is a very good point. I hadn't thought about it that way, that the adults were being so understanding that Wesley actually bothering to accuse Data is kind of offensive. Yeah, that's true. Nice. An adult would have might most likely been like, Captain, can I speak with you later? Or like as soon as he left, been like, yeah. I'm noticing this, this, and this, which doesn't seem yeah. right. I don't think that's him. 
we should sure. test him in some way or something. But they were, and this was very smart about how he goes about mimicking data, giving data the tick. Yeah, the facial and ticks stuff and everything. Like that. Yeah. You know, those things that humans aren't going to think are transferable, which yeah. I wouldn't have thought of. You know, it kind of answered all of that. And of course, you're not going to want to wake up lore. It's so. really yeah. tight writing. I, I always appreciate a script where it's like every little bit is can be explained in like two lines. And then we're moving on because there's so much in this episode. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and again, it's like yeah. two lines and then we're moving on. See, I, yeah. I didn't like the facial tick. I was like, I would have been much more happy if, if the only difference would have been like the con- uh, contractions. If that was like, that way it's, it, it's a lot more subtle, not this huge facial tick that a robot has. Like, why does a robot have a facial tick? Like I evil, I know. And they're trying to do the whole evil twin thing, but I just, if you had just done it based on, on his like speech, cause there's, there's a, there's a scene when, when, when lower as data comes to the bridge and he says, uh, isn't. And then like Wesley has like, like side eye. Yeah. that's And you're like that, that should have been the only connection. That's fair. Yeah. I guess I just really like when they pull out like the crazy little tools and they're like, eh, we're doing it now. Eh. Like, I don't, I don't know. And again, like let Brett Spiner be crazy because my first experience ever like seeing Brett Spiner in anything was, um, I saw him as John Adams in the revival of 1776 on Broadway. And so where he was in his, his full crazy at this point in time, like, crazy (laughs) and so like him like hopping around playing john adams the guy who's just yelling at everyone was really like my first exposure to like oh that's a crazy man fantastic um (laughs) so like to to see him play somebody as subdued as data and then get to see like lore with the little twitch it was like yeah crazy brett spiner's here let's do this (laughs) but that's a very personal experience so yeah Well, and by the end of this episode, Data has gotten rid of the Twitch, and so has Lore. And if you notice, Data uses a contraction at the end of the episode, so now the speech yep. isn't different either. So, like you said, if he comes back, I, I'm assuming he does, because um, you guys have said so, it's going to be hard to tell them apart again. Now they're... No, the the contraction thing sticks. Data yeah. cannot use contractions. Yeah. At the end of this episode. Well, that's That's just a, like a writing slip-up. Cause that's what I noticed. I was like, Oh, like he, I thought it was to show that he had grown a little bit more actually learned from lore. No. So he actually doesn't use contractions until he gets his, his emotion chip. Yeah. Which is like six more seasons. Sorry. I thought that was in a, (laughs) I was gonna say that's in a movie, right? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. That's in a generation. I've seen that one. Yeah. Yes. I like that one. I like that one. Um, yeah, so a couple other things in this one. Um, we get to see Chief Engineer Argyle, which I don't know. It's it's weird that they never made the Chief Engineer an actual main character. They're just like, I mean, c- considering you know Scotty was such a like an, a big part of TOS, they just completely bypassed it. Yeah, yeah that's Scotty true. Scotty is fun. Scotty is fun. Like you look at Argyle and you're like, his name is Argyle. He's a sweater. I. <laughs> You look at him and you're just like, oh, okay, yeah, I've met this guy at my office. Nobody wants to look at Star Trek and be like, oh, yeah, that's guy in Cubicle 10. Like, you know? <laughs> oh, it's Argyle again. Nah. Argyle's back. Like, this was before The Office. Like, Argyle would 100% be there on Starfleet The Office, but, like. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Um, but just, I just, looks at, I, just looks at the camera like, Ugh, You can see that, that Argyle just, like, looking at the camera and being like, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> what I did like, I, I like all the scenes um, with Data and, and Lore, especially, I mean, obviously, logistically, it's, you know, one actor playing two parts and that, you know, doing a split screen can, can be hard because you're, you're acting against nothing. Um, but I like how, I mean, Brent Spiner does a great job, you know, being the mm-hmm. crazy lore and just even their, their names, you know, cause obviously data yeah. is a factual data point. And then lore is like, Oh, it's fictional. It's a story. It's so even yeah. by their names, if you read into it, you're like, well, can we trust them? Cause he's just all lore. It's, it's like, ha ha. Uh-huh. Yeah. See what we did there. <laughs> I did notice that when they named them, I was like, Oh, that's cool. It's really <laughs> fun. I, and again, throw my, my, my Prometheus moment. Like, I love that Lore is the kind of android who thinks he can poison another android with champagne. What did he poison him with? I don't care. Uh, Like a magnet? I don't ask Agatha Christie what they poison her shit with either. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they had said previously, right before that, that he was in some area looking at the stuff he was made out of. And he said it would be like us looking for antibiotics or something, some kind of medicine. So I'm sure it was some kind of material that messed with the system. Yeah. Yeah, they don't say. It was a fridge magnet. That's yeah. that's my theory. Just that's ground nice. it up, put it in there. But like, <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that. Like, here is an AI again. Like, I had to compare him to Trelane from TOS because I'm just like, you love a flourish, sir. Like, mm. how many other robots do you know that like truly love a flourish? It's like this and David A. Mm-hmm. I like Hall of the Valkyries right freaking now. Like, because I want to. <laughs> it's, you know, it's a. Uh, 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 or excuse me, it's not Hall of Valkyries. It's a, a the gods are turning Valhalla. Excuse me again, a robot who loves his classical music. See, <laughs> um, yeah. So this is uh, you know obviously so so lore replaces data. He tries to take over and he tries to contact this crystalline entity thing that killed all the the colonists and to try and feed the you know the ship. And then he's going to go off and like have an adventure. Uh, which would be an amazing buddy comedy. I think if it's just lore and a, like a giant crystal thing, I, I would watch the shit out of that. Animal in space. Yeah. Let's go find some food today. It would totally yeah. work. Yeah. It is basically Galactus and his Herald. I mean, take him off and he's silver he find something and then they eat it. Yeah. Well, he, he's kind of. That's sober. not his only herald, but it is one. Of them. Well, again, like, he's the most famous one. Was an actual sociopath. Like, let's keep that in mind. Yeah, it's like. Laura, Laura as a construct is is all emotion for the sake of playing with how to use it. Like that's like they they it's a rainbow of emotions that he shows everything from like anger to jealousy to envy to you know like he's he's playing he pushes all of those buttons while feeling none of them necessarily himself. Um, so again, he's yeah. like a true sociopath. Well, that's so. I mean, obviously they're not getting into it in this episode, but Laura does Lore have emotions or he can at least like simulate them? That's why I think he's a sociopath is I Mm. think the way that he kind of like pokes at data, I thought was fascinating because like you can literally see them. You can see like, this is the moment where he's saying like, Oh, you shouldn't get angry. You know, like that would make you, you know, like very envious of me, brother. I hope that you don't get jealous. I hope that, you know, um, you know, I've learned something new about you in the way that you look at humans. Like every little line is a jab. Um, while at the same time being him gathering information. And so like, it it feels very disconnected to me in that way Um, where he can fake, again, he can fake emotion. 
And then even the way Brent Spiner carries himself as lore, like he's a lot more loose, like just in his body language. As Data, he's very rigid. And then Laura, he's like he's kind of got like a like a very suave, a little swag to him. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Put more time in on his. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's just, I mean, do do you feel that like Lore, um, it doesn't feel like he even tried to get Data on his side. He's just like, screw you too. Like I'm I'm in in control of this. Yeah, sociopath. I. <laughs> yeah, like he wasn't even trying to convince Data to be like, hey, we're both androids. We're we're you know smarter than they are. Let's let's try something. That it's time to take over. You know, you're yeah. you're with me or against me, and he and he didn't even need to ask. He just talked to him and was like, "Oh, you're never going to be on my side." Okay, bye. Like, That's uh, true. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I um. I don't, this was a good episode, and obviously, yeah, it, it ties into you know we get to measure of a man, and then you know Data's an, an entire storyline. Um. But then he's also kind of like, so, okay, so um, they finally re- reboot Data. So we uh, we learn in this one Data has has an off switch, uh, which oh, comes back later. One of the most terrifying lines to accompany it. Like, I just, like, this one always rings in my head. It's him turning to Bevan being like, if you had an off switch, wouldn't you not tell people you had one? Did you hide it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, oh, shit. How is that? Of course I would. Yeah. but I have an off switch. <laughs> well, and then, cause it kind of shows, I mean, cause data is a very naive character. Cause again, he's essentially 16. He's trying to figure all this out, but he's like, he but he, that. but he is holding stuff back to go. I d- don't tell everything. Yeah. That's the one thing that he knows having been around humans enough, you know, you can trust them. You can love them. You can do all of this, but maybe just maybe don't tell them that you have an off switch. Yeah. Exactly. Don't show them your weakness. Yeah. 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 I'd watch those, that. Those that. shady fuckers will try and do something to you. Yeah. <laughs> well, they will give it uh, one more season, season, mm-hmm. and then they yeah. uh, they will click. Which we'll oh. talk about we'll, yeah. we'll, when we get to to measure of a man because I have a ton of questions about the whole legality of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it just occurred to me too, the whole lower data dynamic reminds me of another set of uh, androids that we've seen that people are familiar with, which is Ultron and Vision. Ooh, yes. You essentially have lore is your Ultron character who's like, yeah. I don't hate humanity, but I'm smarter than them, and yeah. they're barbaric, and we need to take over, and I can do this better. And then Data is like, no, we need to try and be more like them. Yeah, <laughs> I see humanity's uh, capabilities, yeah. but does like you said yeah. he hides his yeah. off switch? So one guy looking down and saying, I could run all of you because I deserve it because I'm better. You know, you guys again. Like, I am, I am your new god. And then you have the other one being like, "Why do you want to do that? These guys are great. Just hang out. Just chill, yeah. man. Yeah. And it's chill. always one of the conundrums with when you build an AI. Do you give it all of humanity's features, even our flaws? And if you don't, how human is it? Because if you take away pride, you can end up with something that isn't going to function the way you want it to. It's, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I could talk about that one forever, but I, I don't. Uh, we don't again, have hours. Emotions. Cards. <laughs> Like that's really like that's the insanity of it is is you know is is teaching emotions with flashcards and again like when we look at this as compared to the last episode that we were literally just talking about with the holodeck like mm. look at already the complex robotics that we're dealing with here in this episode after we just looked a guy dead in the eye when he was like is my wife and kids gonna be there when I get home yeah. <laughs> 
just goes, I don't know. <laughs> Man, like, yeah. Don't look at me like I know. Yeah. Exactly. Like, again, like, if that was kind of like dipping our toe in the pool, like this is like, fuck it. We're off the diving board. It's the deep end. No floaties. We're doing this. We're going. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's great in that capacity. You know, it, it forces all of them. It forces the audience to remember that even though Brett Spiner is a real person, that he's not on this show. And that applies to the crew of this ship. Like, it yeah. really does remove that veil for the audience, which is really cool. Um, and again, really good writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I like, so, um, so towards, towards the end. So as, as lore kind of takes over and he's going to like get them to lower their shields and, and get the, you know, the entity to like, uh, attack them. Uh, there's a fight and all, all that happens. And like, he tosses lore onto the transporter and he just tells Wesley like now, and they just fucking beam him into space. Yeah. Yeah. They just beam That's him. How we roll. Absolutely. Like, However, also like Laura has an incredible line during that time, which is that it, oh yeah, I just I love this so much. I'm sorry. He <laughs> points that phaser that he's just stolen from Bev Crusher while she is protecting her son, and he just uh, um, he's pointing it at Wesley and goes, "I promise him the most exquisite pain." And I was like, "Who are you?" Mm-hmm. As like and again, like it's an entity to do that. And then he shoots her in the arm and she runs away literally on fire for a second. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's like, oh, you can go. Uh, no, I'm going to shoot you too. Yeah, I promised your teenage son exquisite pain. Like, this is a fucking Hellraiser. <laughs> it is right. utter madness. And then again, we get to see on fire Bev run out of this room. I just, it, you don't often see that in Star Trek. It's like, what the hell? Yeah, unless it's TOS. Unless it's TOS and they're wearing some sort of period costume. You don't get lines like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely appreciating lore. Because I see, now I'm excited for the other... He he pops up every now and then, but it's not a lot. I think it's only maybe three or four more episodes. Four episodes, I think, yeah. Yeah. Total. Which, over the course of, like, you know, seven seasons, so... Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a a very interesting storyline. It's a special treat, like Q. Yeah, yeah, you, you like don't want to see him off. pop up in an episode. You're gonna be like, "Oh shit's going down." Yeah, well, again, he's incredibly powerful, like in like the scheme of things. Um, yeah, yeah, he when is. he's not floating in space. Yeah, he's kind of um, he's because Data likes uh, Sherlock so much. He's kind of a, a like a Moriarty in in some way. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, kind of. They definitely have that comparison dynamic. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is a good episode. I, you know, we get, um, obviously the crystal identity will come back later on. I, you know, honestly, I, I completely uh, forgotten about it until watching this again. It does. That crystal like, thing comes back. Maybe, maybe future. Episode, Are you going to try and avoid spoilers? <laughs> I, you know, honestly, we, we try I don't the shit out of it. You guys what? spoil everything for me. I, I don't even remember <laughs> which episode it is or what, what happens, but I, I mean, I, I know it comes back at some point. Oh, okay. I just don't remember. It's vague enough. It's vague. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is a good, solid episode, and it's definitely. And again, this is what I like. Yes, there's some like little subplots, but it's very character driven. We're getting a lot more backstory, and that I I vastly prefer those over a lot of the other like kind of monster of the week ones. Yeah, this is yeah. one of my favorite episodes in season one, uh, if not my favorite for sure. Like I I really love a lot of the stuff that they do here. And again, upon like watching this back and being like, Oh, this is so reminiscent of a movie that I love. And now I know why is because I watched 
this at one point in time, many, many times, and then many, many, many more times. And then I saw Prometheus and I said, oh, I love this. That's right. <laughs> this is my kind I'm going to have to watch Prometheus now because I did not, was not aware that was that whole dynamic in it. I do not know if you will enjoy it considering that films that I have enjoyed, you have not. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? The I want the Alien series. Yeah. That's the only uh, one I haven't seen. <laughs> I, I want a podcast just of David and and uh, uh, Melinda just like like just David, David picks Melinda a film movie review. yeah like like David picks a film and then you guys watch it and then like Melinda picks a film and then you guys watch it and talk about it I would I would listen to the shit out of that good lord <laughs> it would be amazing oh, um what's good too what, is like that six years left on this podcast maybe after that yeah, <laughs> yeah y'all made a commitment. <laughs> It's because we're insane. Sorry. A little, little, bit, little bit of a commitment. Yeah. But, um, what I like in this episode too is that, and I and I, I think it's hard sometimes when people are playing multiple characters, but I like when, when so it's, you know, Brent Spiner is playing Lore, who's pretending to be Data, and it feels like Lore trying to be Data. It's not just Brent Spiner oh, yeah. doing a Data. It's he's no, it's like, no, he's being Lore doing doing Data. And I like that. Like very, very easy subtle for him just to do his normal, impre- normal data character, but he changes it a little bit, almost imperceptibly, so you can see, tell, but it's not obvious. Yeah. Yeah. I I like that. I like you it can, a lot. This whole season, <laughs> you have these moments where, like, you can see that the actors who were hired are really committing to the material, and that is what I think gives this season such, or not this season, but I think that this is honestly what gives TNG such longevity. Is that like as much as we shit on season one, the actors are so good we stuck around. Like they yeah. they really tackle the hell out of what they are given, and sometimes they were given really good shit, and sometimes they were not. And you get a role like Lore that could have easily just been like a snidely whiplash fucking mustache guy, <laughs> and you gave it to Brent Spiner, and he crushed it twice. Well, yeah, and yeah. you also have to remember too that as as the show progressed in syndication by the end of the first season the next generation was the most popular show in syndication at the time it was number one so i think they're finally seeing like hey we may have something here didn't it you you would obviously know before i i thought that there was something in the contract where it started on syndication because when yeah yeah it was one of the first shows to go straight to only straight to syndication Yeah. yeah yeah but yeah i mean it's its ratings were increasing. I mean, they started high, kind of dipped down, and then became really strong by the end of the first season. Yeah. And I think I think the actors and everybody are seeing that, like, we may have something here. So yeah. it's, it's time to commit. Absolutely. Well, well, and that's, and then, that's something that I've always appreciated about sci-fi in, in general, is that you have to be serious about it. It's like, you know, Doctor Who or, well, that could be a little fancy, but like Torchwood. Um, it's like, if... If you're serious about it, then that kind of offsets all the weird, wacky shit that you're going to see. Because look, they're they're talking to a giant snowflake thing, and it's like you kind of <laughs> have to be serious about it. And and because if if they had played it like, oh, this is let's go change the inverted in the in the core, and like that, then it would just it would not hold up. So you have to treat it seriously. Yeah, it's that is always kind of the catch twenty two of sci fi, which is it's ridiculous and everyone knows it's ridiculous, but if you treat it ridiculous, it becomes ridiculous. Yeah, you have to treat it serious for everybody else, audience, to take it serious. Yeah, yeah, it's a whole thing. Well, you have to you have to take it seriously, but you need to allow there to be 
room for, and, and I will apply this term to science fiction, magic. You need to be able to, yeah. to suspend. Mm-hmm. I think a really perfect example is actually in this episode because they keep referring to what uh, uh, Daddy Doctor's like weird like procedure was that he kept trying to do, which was a positronic ring. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Posit- a positronic brain design is, I don't know, it's an amazing drag name. Um, but, like, <laughs> you know, but like that's kind of the thing is that I think that, and meaning, correct me if I'm wrong on this one, I think that some of the shortest lived science fiction shows um, are the ones that go really, really hard sci fi. Um, because again, after a while, they do mm-hmm. get dry. Like, we need some of that fun. We need some of that energetic nature, not to, to, necessarily make something better but to make it go longer and so this season yeah. introduces right. elements like the holodeck in one fell swoop and gives us something like data lore with the crystalline entity at the end in another fell swoop and so it does what star trek is very very good at which is it takes a very hard-hitting issue and it wraps it in candy for us um which i love um, i can see that i think if yeah if you go too hard and serious yeah. then that's not good either but I, my the best example I can think of is uh, the Expanse. Um, it's the what? Isn't the Expanse like three seasons? How many it's seasons? like five. Is there? I stand corrected. Yeah, well, and I think it's still going. Isn't it? It's still going. I thought it was getting canceled because one of the guys involved in it is like an awful, awful legally now involved in something awful person. No, I think they were. Well, I think it shut down because of COVID or something, but but it, it's still going. Oh, okay. um, but no, so That's it's, 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 it's a lot more, I guess, factually based. It's, it's more yeah. realistic with like, you know, how ships move and all that. That's and I think the first season probably is a little dry, um, as far as that, but it's, but there is still those fun elements That's and, I but, I, but, but I no, but, I mean, but I think, you know, but if, if you go too serious, that, that's why I can't watch like a cop show. You know, if if I watch ten seasons of a cop show and murder, then I'm just like, oh god, I'm fucking done, because there's there's no there's no relief in it. That's why I'm not a big like true crime, you, no. you know, fan. I'm that's like, well, true. shit, I can watch Law and Order. Like, there's no tomorrow. So yeah, I mean, that was kind of my thought on on it. Is you know, like when I when I think about science fiction shows that really have that kind of longevity and really have that kind of you know, like again, like franchisable kind of like nature. I mean, Star Wars is a perfect example. Star Wars is so much fun. Space fantasy, yeah, exactly. It's not really science fiction, it's space fantasy. Fair, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, but again, Trek obviously being a space opera. You know, kind of going into that. I, I just, you know, you again, you need to wrap it in a little bit of candy because otherwise, again, like, what, why do we keep coming back for more and more and more and more and more of? And that's just, just a spoonful been, of sugar helps the medicine go down. Yeah, it does. Forget, <laughs> hey, you know, why is you know data looking like this guy in this series and blah 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 blah? Because again, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. We're having fun. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, Fair yeah, enough. I don't know. We got on a weird tangent there. Yeah, it was a weird tangent. <laughs> it's okay. It's it's a constructive tangent thing. Um, I'm always a big fan of being corrected. Um, well, no, I, dude, I could be wrong. I don't know. No, I, uh, no, I, I wasn't being uh, uh, facetious. I do like being corrected. <laughs> okay. um, um, no, yeah, this is a good episode. There's a lot to deal with in here. Even, um, I don't know, this is... Uh, um, Phil, you've been quiet. <laughs> I know. What do you I, think? You, you guys have 
covered it pretty thoroughly. I really enjoy this episode. It it yeah. sets up so much for the future, oh. and and lays a lot of groundwork. And we do get some nice backstory on Data, which fills in some of the holes, but it leaves some stuff still out there, which is nice. It does, it's not just a huge dump on us, like ah. Um, and we kind of get to see this, I don't know, just kind of the beginning of the progression of this character that we'll see over the next seven seasons and four movies. And yeah. But, yeah, I, I I enjoy the hell out of this episode. From this but, to Nemesis, insane. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're like, yeah, if you if you watch the two back-to-back, you'd be like, what the hell happened? <laughs> but that's oh, what yeah, makes it so good. Change. Yeah. Sweet. I love Nemesis. Yeah. <laughs> and it's interesting, there's so many, I mean... Because I'm I'm watching this as as we talk, um, but it got to to the part where there's the scene where Lore or where Worf is going after Lore and he like traps him in the turbo lift, yep. and he just Show he, me he your kicks, warrior spirit. Yeah, and he just <laughs> mocks him and kicks the shit out of him. Yeah. But it shows how much Data can physically take out everyone on the entire ship, but he yeah. he restrains himself. He knows that he, that he's uh, smarter and stronger than everyone, but he plays by by the rules. And Lord is not. Absolutely. Well, it, again, it's a question of when emotions kind of can get in there because I remember thinking when I first saw this when Disco premiered, like, I love Arium. I'm so sad that we only got one season of Arium. And that's kind of the closest that I've ever really seen of seeing, again, that emotional uh, internal confliction between programming and who you are. Um, and so, like, yeah, I don't know. I, we, we, touch upon these notions in all of the different tracks, which is really, 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 really cool. I mean, again, like Voyager with the doctor, <laughs> you know, uh, um, every time we're kind of peeling away another bit of the banana, so to speak, um, leaf of the banana, what did he peel? A section of the peel of the banana, uh, with robotics. Yeah. And so, haha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and you can see Brent Spiner's nipples a lot uh, in in his his uniform. Okay, you get everyone's nipples a lot in season one because these That's true. uniforms are terrible. They had to change them because Patrick Stewart was having <laughs> back issues. These uniforms are terrible. There, I I definitely like them um, after this. Yeah, they're pants. Pants are yeah. way better. <laughs> Jacket and pants. Who cool. I don't know why they put them in jumpsuits because then they get to Voyager and their jumpsuits again, and I'm like, no, no more jumpsuits. Yeah, like no. Um, yeah, that's basically it for the episode. Um, he summons the crystalline entity. There's a fight. Um, they transport his ass out, and then the thing just leaves. So it's like they leave it so open ended, uh, yeah. which is fascinating. I I liked it. I did. Um, so Melinda, what's your wrap up on this one? My wrap up on this one is that if you have any kind of interest in like artificial in- intelligence storylines. Like I think that there's a reason why data kind of became the new Spock. And yeah. obviously you start, it, it really starts with this episode and this really starts such a different conversation in Trek that is going to resonate throughout the rest of Trek. <laughs> like not just Picard, like we're, we're going to yeah. constantly revisit. Cause this is in many ways our final frontier because it is that thing that we in our lifetime have not accomplished to this level. Um, you know, again, like we have iPhones, we have iPads, we, you know, have virtual reality now. We have all of these things, but the thing that still scares us and that we still constantly talk about 
to such a mounting fear in Trek that it becomes one of their ultimate never-ending villains is yeah. AI. And so, yeah, I don't know. Like, this is the this is the episode that launched a thousand ships, um, <laughs> both in fan fiction and uh, philosophically for Star Trek. Have yeah. fun. It's <laughs> definitely it's definitely the other because there's always that obviously because humanity has come together. We don't like we're not racist and bigots anymore, but we still just don't. But we <laughs> fear the other. <laughs> Sort of. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. We probably never will be. We're trash. Humans are trash. Total garbage. I'm standing by that. We're going to be better, hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, David, what did you think of this one? I loved this one. I really did. Um, just the backstory, the information that we got, not just because, I, like I said, I had seen Picard and this filled in some holes and stuff like that. I am a big fan of AI storylines. AI and time travel are definitely my big two. Um, I would say this is like a nine. Like I. So your favorite I, so far? Uh, my favorite so far, definitely. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, all the ethical quandaries that it brings up, philosophical concepts. It's it's a heavy episode while being fun. It's it's unexpectedly heavy. It's when you can go back and read it. Well, when you think about it afterwards is. is when all the heaviness comes. During the episode, you're like, oh, Lord, Data, okay, cool, brother, and so on. And then afterwards, you're like, wait a minute. It's kind of mm-hmm. like um, Jeff and I were having a conversation the other day about the droids in Star Wars and how it's basically slave mm-hmm. labor. And he, I've been down that rabbit hole, and I watched him <laughs> make so the circles down yeah. of like, wait a minute, but this and that, it's kind of fucked up. Like, it's a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they have personalities and free will, but they're like, but and one of them has been abused, and that's canon now. Yeah, yeah. Which one? And so you don't. Uh, the uh, one that J.J. Abrams voices in the last movie. No, thank you. No, thank you. Oh, oh the D. The, uh, the D- little D twenty. The little wheel yeah. one or whatever. Yeah. B- D twenty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> remember his name either. All those robots have been abused, and I'm just like, my heart. You took a pencil, you named it Steve, and you broke it in front of me. Why? (laughs) (laughs) Right. But it's that idea, like, you watch Star Wars, you don't think about it until after the fact. You didn't think until after the fact of this, of like, hey, there's all these quandaries and stuff that come up, and I'm glad to know, even though he doesn't come back a lot, he's going to be back. We'll explore some of that, too. Yeah. So, I can definitely, TNG is so much more tolerable than TOS was. (laughs) (laughs) Because we have seven seasons of it. Yes. Right. Actually, looking forward to my episodes every week now. Whereas TOS, it was very much a chore. Yeah, TOS, it kind of slogged through towards the end for me. Um, but I, I appreciate it. But it, yeah, these are. I, I, I love it so much. Only like thirty percent of it's good. I fully admit that. <laughs> um, like yeah. it, it's truly, 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 truly true, and that's okay. That's yeah. okay. And that's okay. That's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I know this. This is this is a good one. This sets up a lot for future episodes, for lore, for Data, his growth, um, when he tries to create, you know, his own children and everything. And then so and and we get more with Doctor Sung and all that. So, um, oh, something yeah. I love that link with the form like his own becomes like an obsession now. Oh yeah, if you look at it in like the full long run. Like mm. it's truly, it's the only thing he's ever wanted, and it boils down to it's never been like I want family. Brother, I want any of that. It's like I just want to link with a form like my own. And you're just like, oh no, we nailed it. And mm-hmm. this come out, you got it in one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right on. Um, 
Well, yeah, that's it for data lore. Um, uh, Melinda, where can people find you again on, on the interwebs? People can find me yet again. If you do not remember, my last name is Gross. I know, unfortunate. But uh, as a result of that, I can be found at Profoundly Gross on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, yeah, come find me about Robots and Prometheus. I dare you. Ooh. I'm very sensitive on the internet. Throwing the gauntlet down. No! Okay, but I did. So but seriously, don't. No. Um, <laughs> right on. No, so uh, thank you for coming on. You are welcome back anytime. Always. You guys rule. I yeah. love arguing about movies. <laughs> it's fun. Fun. So yay. We have plenty more to go, so we have lots of uh, source material. Indeed. Right on. Well, no, thank you again. You, I, uh, so like I said, you're you're welcome to come back anytime. More yeah. than ha- happy to have you. Uh, David, why don't you do it? Hit it. Rub it. Make it so. Pop <laughs> it. Twist it. Twist Bop it. it. <laughs> Skip it. <laughs> Jump it. Pop it. Well, now I'm having 90s Twist flashbacks. It. Skip it. Skip it. Oh, my gosh. Da, 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 da. I don't remember the rest of that word. That, that, but whatever. It was a <laughs> jingle from the 90s. Uh, yes, check us out at nerdtrekpodcast.com where we got links to all of our social medias. You can go buy our shit at Cafe Press. You can give us a rating and review on uh, any place where you can find podcasts, including now Amazon. Your Alexa will play the Nerd Trek podcast for you if you ask. Um, five-star rating and review, please. We'll read it out on the air. And we're going to be around for a while, so you got time to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, no one dies. Sorry, I forgot about that. No one dies in this. Nope. Um, no, sorry to, to spoil it about lore. Yeah, I'm you, noticing a no theme in TNG. Okay. They're a little less killing. Someone, <laughs> dude, I will give you, here's your little omen to the future. Ooh, it's one day after Halloween, sluts. Um, <laughs> when someone does die in this season, you're going to lose your shit. <laughs> well, I know Tasha Yar does, so don't. Insane. Yes. If that's who you're talking about. That's going to be no surprise. Okay. I'm aware of the giant tar monster or whatever it Damn is. It. That... <laughs> no, I told you they have. They do. These two do a shitty job at avoiding spoilers when it comes to Star Trek. Well, it's a 30 year old spoiler. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. I think it was. I think it was not this last episode, obviously, but last time we recorded. They were like, oh, Dave, you're really quiet. I'm like, well, yeah, but you guys are talking about stuff in, like, Voyager and Dia. You're talking about stuff I haven't seen? Yeah. yeah I'm trying to keep like, spoilers for you with that, where it's just like, here's a nebulous thing. Um, well, I we had Harley on, and we got on a tangent about something. And I don't, I don't mind, because it's going to be, like, three years from now that I watch it, and then I'm going to be like, oh, oh, you guys talked about that back you, in the... <laughs> compelling point <laughs> yeah. just like i watched card i learned some stuff about lore and data and then this one i was like oh oh i know these like yeah, makes sense i yeah. always feel like captain america and the avengers i get that reference like <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a different avengers than the last avengers we we talked about different avengers, all the avengers. different avengers <laughs> uh th- that's it for us um thank you everyone for listening we greatly appreciate it we're always impressed that people do listen to us Always. seriously i am impressed that people listen to us surprised amazed a little bit um but no we greatly appreciate it and uh that's it for us we'll catch you on the next one bye everybody later bye.